this. Most of you guys probably were a part of this miracle, but we watched um, Joel and Janie Taylor's little son, Jackson, and he was a few days before Christmas airlifted to intensive care, and we began to fight for Jackson's life. How many of you guys joined in that fight and that symphony of prayer that rose up for a little boy? And a couple, couple weeks into the fight, we got a text one night from Joel that they weren't sure if he was gonna make it through the night. And as soon as I heard and read the message, it was like this giant of unbelief stood in front of me. And I just, I just thought, Jackson's gonna die tonight. We're not gonna see the miracle. And as this giant stood in front of me, all of a sudden, out of my gut, this song started coming out right in the face of the giant. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a morning family and let's as that go giant was looking at us i knew he was going to regret the day he ever pointed his sword at jackson amen raise that hallelujah lfa just as goliath pointed his sword at david the sword goliath pointed at david became the sword the little boy picked up and took the giant's head off with amen and as we watched this miracle happen in jackson's body it was like this giant of unbelief was falling and our community just began to sing this song. It was just one note in the symphony of prayer rising for his life. So I want to teach it to you this morning. Let's sing. Clap your hands, LFA. Let's get into it. Let's get that Holy Spirit going this
Gentlemen, thank you very much for being here this morning on this episode 16 of Rise Up here from the Live Free or Die Granite state of New Hampshire. What an incredible Christmas. What an incredible day, season, week, whatever you want to call it, to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ being born into this world as a sinless son of God, son of man, here to finally break those chains of slavery, spiritual slavery that the whole world knew from the beginning of time until that day. Ladies and gentlemen, what a great Christmas. I know there was a lot of you out there who spent Christmas without some of your loved ones for the first time. I know that for sure. And you went into the holiday, you went into this beautiful, blessed holiday, sad because those people weren't there with you, but it ended up being exactly what it should be, and that is the focus and the celebration of the baby Jesus. And so many people said, you know, I went into this Christmas season with hardly any hope or joy or optimism or faith and ended up being exactly 
what my loved one would have wanted me to have. And I ended up having a great day. And it was a wonderful, wonderful uh, time to honor our families, uh, our memories that we make, the things that we do here on Earth, the people that need help. Um, it's just a great Christmas season, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody asked, was that for King and Country? No, that wasn't uh, for King and Country. That was Jonathan and Melissa Helser. That was the song called Raise a Hallelujah. And uh, they were talking about the little boy that they kept showing in the audience who was, who was uh, uh, they were told by doctors that he was going to die. And um, they raised a hallelujah and they, uh, they sung in the, pray- in the name of, of God during those t- hard times. And that's why I keep singing, get a little louder in the face of your enemies. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if we are tasked to bring joy into this world in the absence of Jesus Christ, as he is dwelling in heaven, preparing the way for all of us to be there, the Holy Spirit is here in his absence, living in us so that we can bring joy to the world joy to the world we are tasked with bringing that now a friend of mine who i've known for over 20 years messaged me on christmas said merry christmas i really 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 need to get close to god this christmas season the devil is weighing heavy on my heart and 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 he lost you know fur pet you know fur kids uh this year and he's lost a lot and he's just he was over this christmas season he was talking about how the world has no joy The world has no joy. And he's saying, where is the joy in the world? I said, you are the joy of the world. Look no further. If you're looking for joy to be in this world, look no further than within yourself. That is where joy is. It makes me cry when I think of people having having a bad time during such a blessed time of the year. And people are so lost, even if they're godly, they're so lost. My friend was so lost prior to him having a conversation with me. And God used me to give him uh, heavenly knowledge. And by the time we were done with the conversation, he understood. He got it. He was letting his joy shine out of him after that conversation was over. That's what it's all about. We are here to be that joy of the world. Jesus obviously is not here. The Holy Spirit is here in the name of Jesus Christ. And while he is absent waiting for his return, we must be the light of the world. We must be. Chris DL just gave $50 and said, doubling our monthly. How incredible is that? How incredibly of a incredible blessing that is. Sass 64 said, my Christmas, I couldn't walk because of my arthritis in my knees and my back. Flared up in the cold weather, but I still enjoyed my Christmas with my kids and my grandkids. That's what it's all about. Ray says, I wasn't really alone. I had my babies, Ivy and Wrigley. They're my family too. Amen. I wish I had thought at the right time to sing Christmas songs with my family members that were here. Uh, They are atheists. Salty Debbie says, now I'm crying hearing this. You know, the greatest thing to an atheist or to somebody who has no hope, no belief, no joy in their lives because they have no hope in their death, the greatest thing you can do to them is spread the gospel to them through song, 
through whatever, through smiles. The gospel is the greatest gift you can ever give to an unbeliever. Ladies and gentlemen, we have almost 700 people watching, which is a blessing. I would love to see over 1,000 people watching. I would love to see 500 rumbles. That is our goal every day. Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we get ready to read from our morning devotionals here on this Tuesday morning, Janu- uh, de- January, December 27th, year of our Lord, 2022. Please remove your hats. Yes, I'm getting a haircut today. Finally getting a haircut. Uh, so let's go to the Lord in prayer, ladies and gentlemen, for all of those uh, who needed to hear the gospel uh, this Christmas. And remember, the title of today's show is, Is Your Name in the Book of the Lamb? Is Your Name in the Book of the Lamb? Here we go. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, blessed. Blessed are we to be a part of your family, Lord. Blessed are we to be shown mercy and grace as a free gift. Not a single one of us deserve the love and the blessings that you give us every day, Lord, but you give them anyway. The same way our children don't deserve all of the great things that we give them as parents, but we do it out of love. We do it for the same reason that you give it to us, Lord, love. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this fellowship. We thank you for this digital opportunity to be able to come together every single day of the week and worship your name together, Lord. Lord, we pray for all of those who need to hear the gospel all of the unbelievers whose name is not in the book of the Lamb today. Lord, we pray that we change that. We pray that by the end of the day today, names that are not in the book of the Lamb will be written in that book. Because only the book of the Lamb contains the names of the people who will see the new heaven and the new earth as it was meant to be before Adam and Eve sinned. Lord, we pray all of this and protection over this network this show, this podcast, and the people a part of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heather says, when my husband and I got together 17 years ago, he was an atheist. Now he calls from work asking me to pray for his coworkers during hard times. Praise Yeshua. Praise Yeshua. Praise Yahweh. Pray all of what they did for us. And even creating us. God did not need to create you at all. He did not need to give you earthly experiences in a fleshly body. He didn't need to do that. He did it out of love. Did it out of love. Ladies and gentlemen, as we start this December 27th, we're going to grab from our book, One Minute Prayer for Dads. Again, as this book is titled, One Minute Prayer for Dads, also understand that moms, grandmas, grandfathers, everybody can benefit from this book. And today is one that I really, really enjoy. And it's from 1 John 3.1. And it's titled, Dads are Kids Too. Boy, is that not the truth if I ever, ever, ever spoke it. Dads are children, are kids too. Are we not? How many of your husbands are 50 or 60-year-old kids? It's a great thing about dads is we do become wiser in the Lord but we always are like children to our kids. Probably that's why dads hang out with their kids more. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Again, John, 1 John 3.1. Now, sometimes we dads forget 
that we too are children with a father. We are recipients of the kind of love only God can give. And then we are givers of that kind love to our children who need. Through living in God's love, we are able to be the right father for every child that he has given us. Every child that he has given us. Stepkids, blood children, adopted children, they're all blessings. Lord, sometimes I forget that you are a father too. Like me, you have children that you parent. In fact, I am one of your children, born again into your kingdom to become heir to a great inheritance. Now, where do you think that kingdom is going to be? Do you think it's going to be on earth as we know it today? No. Do you think it's going to be in heaven as we know it today? No, it won't be. You will rest until that time comes. That is what Jesus is doing for you in heaven right now. Your love has done this. Your love that knew me before I was born. Your love that reaches down to me today from eternity past. God, thank you for this unfathomable father love that has made me a child of yours. Today, may I reflect your love as the perfect father to my kids. May I be the right father for every child of mine. Ladies and gentlemen, my four teenagers, Shaylin, Tristan, Olivia with an A, and Jaden, they were not born into a Christian family. They were exposed to Jesus Christ in 2016 for the first time. That means that the eldest, who is 15 right now, this was seven years ago for him. So he was eight years old. My daughter Shaylin was seven, and Shaylin and Olivia and Jaden and Olivia were uh, were six. My daughter Lily, on the other hand who is now five, was born into a Christian family. She will never, ever, ever know anything but Jesus. Now, I was speaking to my wife about this last night, about our children, and the fact that some of, you know, most of them were born into a secular family, but are now seeing both sides. My daughter, Lily, was born into a Christian family. But do you know what both of them will share? Both of them will share the same thing that God shares with us through Jesus Christ, which is the light of the Lamb, the light that shows us that narrow path. What our children all share, whether they were born into a Christian family or whether they were born into a secular family that became a Christian family, is they will always know the path back home. Not the path back home to our house in New Hampshire. I'm talking about the path back home to God. They will always know where that path is. They will go off of that path many times in their lives, all five of them. But they're all familiar with that beaten path back home. You know that path that you go back to and visit your home when you were a kid and you go back to the woods that you played in or the field that you played in and you say, I know them woods. I know those woods. I know every bit of those woods. I used to walk that path home. I know that shortcut 
through the fields that I used to take on the way home from my friend's house. I know it well. 20 years later, I could still take you on that bike path, on that snowmobile path, on that beaten walked path in the woods that I created going back and forth from my friend's house or just town or whatever. You know that path. It's the same spiritual path that we have shown to our children. They will get off of it, but they'll always know their way back to it. That is the important thing that we need to pass on to our children. The path back home. If you show them that path when they're children, much like that shortcut that they took through yards or through different people's properties or through the woods, they'll know that path home. Just like you can go back to that path that you took 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago as a kid and remember every inch of it, as long as it's still there. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, your job is not to save your children. You can't save anybody. You can't even save yourself. Your job is to show them the way, just like Jesus is showing you the way. And then when they become of age, Jesus will take over that job. I have no audio on my farm. Maybe I'll hear something as I move around. It's my location, not the stream. Well, I apologize for that. I hope that, uh, that you'll be able to watch this very soon. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to our next book. Again, show them that path home. Always show them that path home. Just like you had. You know what I mean? All right. I want to read from this. This, is, uh, this book is Heaven, 90 Devotions from Our Daily Bread. This is our next devotional. Okay. Now, this is titled An Escort Through the Valley. So, remember the title of the today's show, okay? Is your name in the book of the Lamb? And if you're not showing that path home, which I just spoke of, your name is not in the book of the Lamb. If you don't at least know the path, you might not be on the path, but if you're not at least knowing the path, knowing the geographical location of that path back home, in your heart spiritually, well, then your name is not in the book of the Lamb. Now, an escort through the valley is what this is titled. I want you to remember that as we go through this. We're going to read from 1 Corinthians 15.55 that says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Now, I would say that that's almost laughing in the face of your enemy. Maybe not laughing, but singing louder and louder in the face of your enemy, just like that uh, opening video. I've heard people say, quote, I'm not afraid of death because I am confident that I'm going to heaven. It's the dying process that scares me. Yes, as Christians, we look forward to heaven, but may be afraid of dying. We need not be ashamed to admit that. It is natural to be afraid of the pain that comes with dying, of being separated from our loved ones, of possibly impoverishing our families, and of regret over missed earthly opportunities. The Bible says that the fear of death haunts man the entirety of his life. You don't think that the fear of death haunted Abraham? You don't think that the fear of death haunted David? You don't think that the fear of death haunted Jesus? 
If you don't think that the fear of earthly death haunted even Jesus Christ himself, please, please, please go read the Gospels. When Jesus was on his knees in such fear of earthly death that he was crying tears of blood, asking God if it was his will to take this burden from Jesus Christ of Nazareth himself and give to another. Even Jesus Christ feared an earthly death. So for you to fear death, it's not unnatural. However, your fear of death should immediately be subsided when, or should immediately subside, I guess is the right way to say it, when you let your faith take over. Let your faith take over. I remember when, before I was a Christian, when I thought of death, it would scare me, much like it does now. However, the difference is, 10 years ago when I thought of dying, I used to get super anxiety. I used to sit there and I used to think and fear of what I would miss. Who's going to miss me? The reality is, life goes on without you. Everything continues to work. And you are just nothing but a blip of time here. And when you know and understand the Lord Jesus Christ, when you understand that he is there with you, then you don't have that anxiety over death. Yes, it's still scary. Sweating blood, crying blood. Yes, Arlene, exactly. Yes, it's still scary, ladies and gentlemen. But you don't have the anxiety over it. Why don't Christians need to be afraid of death itself, this asks. Well, because Jesus was raised from the grave, and we who are in Christ will also be raised. That is why in 1 Corinthians 15, 56, and 57, Paul proclaimed, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The dying process is but an escort that ushers us into the eternity with God. It is an escort. If you think of death as an escort that's going to bring you into the book of the Lamb, that your name is written, then there's nothing really to fear. Death is merely escorting you through that valley. I love this. I love this. As we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can have this confidence from God's word. Quote, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The picture here is of the Lord coming alongside us, giving us comfort and direction as he escorts us through the dark valley to the house of the Lord. There we will dwell with him forever. Now, when we get to the verse of the day today, we're going to be talking about that moment that you arrive. That first moment that you arrive there. Now, I want you to also understand, ladies and gentlemen, that back before Rise Up started this show, I would read all these books. Then I would get my message from the Lord in what portion of the Bible I should take my verse of the day from and give to you based on what I read. When I started Rise Up, I completely changed that. I am now not reading these books prior to my verse of the day. I am praying in the morning with my God to give me the verse of the day. He shows me in some way, shape, or form the verse of the day. I put it in my computer. I send it out to you guys. Then I come to work, and then I read these books for the first time in the day. 
And how incredible is it that even doing it in the opposite direction, everything that I'm reading to you is leading up to that verse of the day that I gave you first before reading all of this. What does that tell you? What does that tell you and what should that tell you? God is leading us by the hand, much like he is in the time of our death to the promised land. He's leading me by the hand through these books, through these morning devotionals. And no matter what, they still end up with God's message. So whether I do it prior to or during, the message remains the same. If that is not proof that God is working through this show, through me, I don't know what is. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm reassuring you that I am inspired and encouraged as much by reading these devotional books with you in the morning now as I was when I read them before I sent you the message. Jeremy, help me. I'm behind enemy lines in Taxachusetts. I would say move north about 30 minutes to New Hampshire, and then you won't be behind enemy lines. Amanda Collins says, I get my newsletter devotional every day. I encourage all of you to sign up for the newsletter. Because when you read the newsletter prior to doing this devotional with me, then you'll understand what I'm talking about. It truly is incredible. And it is a miracle. It is a miracle. All right. We're moving on. One year in the Gospels with Jesus. Look at Tim. Tim and Gina said, all things work together for good to them that, we, that love God. Romans 8.28. Couldn't have said it better myself. I don't get out of bed until I start today with a prayer, said KC2022. Let's pull up that Rumble chat. We have not done that this morning. Normally, that's something that we do here every day on Rumble. We have not done that this morning. So let's, uh, let's pull up that Rumble chat now, and let's, get to, let's, let's see what people are saying here. Yamain One is in the building. How are you doing? Good to see you this morning. Good to see you this morning. Miss Mocha Powered. We love our Rise Up Coffee, Jeremy. Well, thank you. I love it, too. Your inspiration inspires so much of us, Kong says. Thank you very much, Kong. 258 rumbles with 795 watching. Please help Jeremy by sharing and rumbling this video. Rumble in one of these ways, says JL Jazz. Prayer has grown such a confidence in his word that it refreshes me, says Ariane Dunn. Amen. Prayer is so important. My two sisters and I... Got Jesus Listens for Christmas. That is awesome. We're going to be reading from that. So you can read along with us here in a little bit. Newsletter and the Version Bible app. Heart and gift. Amen. One more here. Loving Rise Up, says Krista 1437. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let's go to uh, December 27th. Here with one year in the Gospels with Jesus. And we're going to read from John 21. 25 and there are also many other things which jesus did the which if they should be written every one i suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written amen wow every detail of a man's life who has ever walked on this earth has not impacted the world as much as the few recorded details of jesus's life think about that The few. How you doing, Rosa? How you doing, Shelly Rose? Good to see you. He has, he was God, or Jesus was not just a man. He was God manifest in the flesh. In Acts 10.38, Peter gives a very brief yet descriptive 
summary of the life and ministry of Jesus. Jesus was anointed with power and with the Holy Ghost. He used this power to do good, not evil. This was one of the main characteristics of God and is one of the easiest ways to discern what is from God and what is from the devil. God is good. God and the devil. God is good. The devil is of bad, is evil. If it's bad, it's from the devil. If it's good, it's from God. It's that simple. Tragedy come, can come from three sources. God, Satan, and natural law. God has used nature to bring judgment. However, the New Testament believer is exempt from this punitive judgment of God since Jesus bore it for him. Satan is the source of much of the calamity that people ascribe to God. Many, you've heard that, right, a million times. If God is so good, why does he allow evil? Well, if God did not allow evil, then God would not give choice. If God did not give choice, there would be no such thing as love because a robot cannot love. Somebody is pre-programmed to love is not genuine love. I told this last week. The reason why we are here is love. And the reason why we were given free choice is love. And you cannot have love if you don't have free choice. And in order to have free choice, you are given an, an opportunity to do good with it or bad. It's that simple. Many problems arise because people violate the natural laws that God put into motion. Thank you, Pat, uh, Patty Patriot, $100. Thanks for the advice leaving Taxachusetts in the spring. Fingers crossed. Amen. Well, we would welcome you here in New Hampshire. God bless you. Thank you. If a person drives recklessly and kills himself, it's not God or the devil that killed him. He violated natural law and thus paid the ultimate price. It is incorrect to believe that God controls everything and therefore always has some redemptive design in tragedies. This type of thinking will lead us to ignore the devil, thereby giving him a free hand to destroy our lives. It will also cause us not to use wisdom concerning natural laws because we will think that nothing can happen to us unless God wills it. We must remember that God is a good God. God, Satan, and natural law. God gave you free will. Your free will will determine what happens to you. God gave you his power. He made you in his image. Again, without free will, there is no such thing as love. The entire reason that we were created. You have to have free will. Robots cannot love. Amen? The prince of this world is evil, so God made heaven for us, said Arian. Amen. Amen. Tim and Gina said, if you are chastised, then God loves you. Jeremy, thank you. I missed hearing you so much. I prayed for you all, said Shelly Rose. I'll tell you what, Eli and I were talking this morning before we uh, got getting ready for the show. And uh, he said, you know, it's weird in all my other jobs. I absolutely despise coming back to work after holidays, after time off. 
But this job, I couldn't wait to get back to. Same here. Same with me. Something about being in this chair with all of you, talking about the Lord, talking about truth, society, and culture, it does something to you. Mima says we have had withdrawals when we don't have Jeremy. You guys have been such a big part of my life that I look forward to seeing you in the morning just as much as I look forward to seeing my family in the evening when I get home, if that says anything to you. Now we're reading from Jesus Listens, which is one of my favorite books. This is Steadfast Savior. Help me find joy in the midst of brokenness. Again, how many of you have felt broken in the last year, two years, two days? Help me find joy in the midst of brokenness. One of the hardest times for me to be joyful is when I'm dealing with multiple problems, seeking solutions but finding none. And then suddenly, I'm faced with a new problem, piling on. I found that if I focus too much on searching for solutions, I start to sink under the weight of all my difficulties. Please remind me at such times that you are present with me in the midst of my various trials. I need to trust that you're at work in my situations and that you're able to bring good out of evil. Your matchless wisdom is sovereign strength. And it enables you to outsmart evil with good. I want to encounter you in my difficult circumstances. Believing that you are near me in my troubles. I need to unplug my emotions from all the problems and plug them into your presence. By connecting with you, my dark mood grows steadily lighter and brighter. Also, as I remain in you, plugged into your radiant presence, you enable me to see things from your perspective. There it is, folks. There it is. How many times have I showed you what you see and what I see are two different things? It's perspective. It's perspective. You cannot solve problems. You can only work with God every single day in that present time to get closer to Jesus. God will take care of your problems. He will show you what to do. He will put it in your brain and in your heart what to do next. What to do next. Another thing that God helps me with and something that I need in my life is a whiteboard. I have a whiteboard at home and I have a whiteboard at work. And every week I say week of December 27th, December 26th. And in that week, I put a dash and, every, and next to every dash, I put things that I need to accomplish this week. Priorities, both in business and in my personal life spiritually, financially. That way I see, I get it out of my head. That way it allows me to free my head and free my heart for Jesus. I've put all my problems on the board. I've put all my weekly things that I need to do on the board so that all I have to do is look at them and cross them off one by one. And I keep room in my head, in my heart for the word of God. I tell you, it, it makes the world of difference. I can joyfully, even during adversity, during adversity, I can be joyful by staying connected with you. There is an abundant joy in your presence. Got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, computers and, 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 your, and your brain are very, are very similar. 
Your computer will not operate correctly if it's being overloaded. Your computer will not operate correctly if your storage or your hard drive or your disk drive is filled with past stuff or things that need to be done. If you put all that stuff on an external hard drive and you clear it out, you give your computer so much room to breathe and it starts functioning correctly. Same thing with your bodies, your minds, your hearts. You have got to get it all out. The devil is going to pile things on you, especially during the holidays. You're not good enough. You're not buying enough presents. You're not doing the right thing. You're not getting in the Christmas spirit the right way. You haven't bought this many things for this person. You have bills to pay. How are you going to pay them? You can't even afford this. Oh, here's a big storm. Everybody's out of electricity. They're bringing, he's smashing things on top of you. You've got to release it. You've got to get it out of your system. Get it on a whiteboard. Get it in a diary. Get it somewhere so it's not stuck in here, weighing you down. Then you go and you grab the word of God and you fill your body, your brain, your mind, your soul, everything with this. And I can tell you, it will change your life. Sky says, I have been broken down to my very core. The only thing that gets me through is knowing God loves me. I have no family and I live alone, but God gives me joy. Sky, we are your family. We're here to talk to you. You're not alone. Yes, you're not alone because you have God, but you're not alone because you have us too. That is what's so great about this family. We lean on each other. We rely on each other. We don't look down on each other unless we're picking each other up out of something terrible. $70,000. represents what this LFA family was able to raise this year to help people out of a bad time. But do you think that that money that we sent them, $250, $500, $1,000, $3,000, $2,000, whatever it is, do you think that the money made them feel thankful and joy? The fact that they were able to buy something or pay off a bill or fix a leaky roof. No, it was the act of kindness that changed their lives. We are a family. We don't live together in the same room, but we see each other every day. And look at what so many of the LFA family members have doing. They started a Discord thing. They started a Zoom thing where they see each other and they talk to each other and they become friends and they become closer. God provides everything that you need, even the people that you need to surround yourself with. We love you, Sky. This show, Rise Up, LFA, Life from America, The Network, It has been such a blessing to so many people. And I never ever in my wildest dreams would have ever expected that God would use me in this capacity to help teach. I am the last person on earth that should have this job. I'm the last person on earth that should be preaching the word of the gospel to you in my own mind. That's why I know it's not me. God is using the vessel that is me but he's using the Holy Spirit that's within all of us. I just have the ability to be able to publicly speak. I have the ability to be able to do it with passion. And I have the ability to be able to entertain. That's what God gave me. God didn't give me knowledge. The knowledge that I'm giving to you is coming from the Holy Spirit. I am nothing. 
I am nobody in all of this. I am everything that God needs to get to you. But as far as me personally, Jeremy Harrell, I'm just a guy. Just like you're a girl or a guy. I found what God put me on this earth to do. And living that life is a life of joy, even when bad things happen. You have a reason that you're here too. You might be doing it. You might be living it. I don't know. What I do know is that until you find it, and even when you find it, we are still going to be here as a family. By the way, can we sing happy birthday to Jesus? Can we do that? My family did it on Christmas, but I think we forgot to do it last Friday. So let's do that now. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, little buddy. I wish I could go back in time and pick up his little chunky, fat, little baby body and squeeze it and kiss it and swaddle it. I wish I could. How many of you wish you could do that? Let me know in the comment section. How many of you, if you could go back in time, would not go back in time and change anything, but would go back and pick up that little swaddled, fat, little chunky, chipmunk, fat-cheeked baby and pick him up and squeeze him and kiss him and love him. Oh, I would love it. I would love it. Anytime I see a show or a movie or anything where baby Jesus is born, I look at the baby that's playing the part and I'm like, oh, look, it's baby Jesus. And I just want to hold him and squeeze him. The Lord brought you through the backyard to all of us. Thank you, Jeremy. Well, thank you, Jody. Thank you. Happy birthday, sweet Jesus. Amen. We always made a birthday cake for Jesus on Christmas, said Osborne H. Awesome. Awesome. Look at all the great people saying happy birthday to Jesus. Love that, Jeremy. Well, I love you too, Salty Deb. I love it all. We sang it Friday. Amen. Guess you can't ever sing happy birthday to Jesus enough. Nope, you definitely can't. Did we sing it on last Friday? I don't remember. I thought we did. I always wanted to give Jesus a hug, not the baby. Well, that too. That too. Can you imagine running up? I, if the minute that we're allowed, the minute that we're able to, to, to run up to Jesus and give him a hug, I'm never going to let go. And I guess we won't be living in a place where there's time, right? So I can hug him for eternity if I want to. There's no such thing as time in heaven. God exists outside of time. Everything that you know and I know is linear from point A to point B. Life itself, the universe is linear, but heaven is not. I'll hug him for eternity if I have to. I cannot wait to wrap my arms around Jesus. Victoria said we did sing it on Friday. Well, there we go. We'll sing it again. How about that? I love it. I, I, I didn't know if we did or not. All right, let's go read from Every Day with Jesus. How about that? And we're going to read from Luke. How appropriate. During this time of Christmas. Luke 2.11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Jesus did not grow into being Lord and Savior. 
He was born the Lord of glory. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. What a great mystery. How could Almighty God limit himself to the form of a man? Even if he did, how could he possibly start as a baby? These questions defy our ability to fully understand. At the dedication of the first temple, Solomon said, quote, But will God in very deed dwell with men on earth? Question mark. Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house which I have built? How much less the body of a little child? Part of the answer is that God is a spirit, and spirits are not limited by time and space. We just spoke about that. How incredibly great is it? I didn't even know it was going to say that, and we just, talk, we, we just spoke about it. Let's us know that we're on the right track, doesn't it? In Jesus' spirit, he was the eternal God who created the universe. The physical body of Jesus was just his earth suit that he, walked, that he used to walk among us. All of Jesus' deity could not fit inside his physical body. It could reside in his spirit, though. Even though this is still hard to grasp, it helps us understand how Christ can live in us as believers. If all the glory of God could not fit inside the spirit of Jesus, then all the fullness of God can dwell in our born-again spirits, too. The revelation of who you are in Christ and who he is in you will change your whole perspective on your life as a Christian. Today, meditate on the truth that he lives in you and you really live in him. You know, a lot of stuff too is really is so hard to understand, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of stuff is so hard to understand. Good point, Bad Moon. Good point. We're not supposed to understand everything. We're not supposed to know everything. Just like our children. We are to know when we are ready to know. Our children don't know how to drive when they're eight, and we shouldn't teach them how to drive when they're eight. Our children don't know how to do math when they're one. Because they're not ready to do math when they're one. Just like we are not ready to know things until we're ready to know things. Again, going back to the beginning of the show, we are children. We were in a womb inside our mothers that brought us from heaven to earth. We're in sort of a womb right now as still babies, learning things, experiencing things. And when we go to heaven, it'll be like being born here, but we're born there again. It's a big circle of life, ladies and gentlemen. You didn't fear being born, so you shouldn't fear going to uh, heaven and, and, and a new earth either. And now I want to get to the verse of the day today. It's lengthy, so I want to just read from this and we'll end the show. Is your name in the book of the Lamb? That's the question. Is your name in the book of the Lamb? Now, this is very lengthy, so please stand by. Good morning to all of you, I wrote in my morning newsletter. My mother used to sing a song that I absolutely despised as a kid 
to wake us up every morning. And back then, I thought it was so annoying. I hated it. She would come into our rooms, flip the light on, pull our covers off of us as fast as she could, and sing with the most Roseanne bar sounding voice you could ever hear. And it sounded like this. Good morning to you. We're all in our places with sunshining faces. Get up. Time to do chores. I hated it. It was the worst. However, now as an adult, I think there was something great to it. My mom was letting me know by saying, good morning to you. We are all in our places with sunshining faces. She was letting me know that I'm right where God wants me to be, all in our places. And that alone should bring joy to my heart and put a sunshining smile on my face. Funny thing is, it's exactly how I am when I wake up today. Happy and cheery and wide awake from the minute I open my eyes. I cannot wait to get out of bed and get into the day. And I absolutely love my morning ritual of devotion, coffee, feeding our animals, and getting the kids up and ready for school. It is my favorite part of the day. And Mondays are my favorite work day. As you can see, I'm quite opposite than most people. Maybe that is why I'm so happy. Here's a reminder. Do not be of this world. Be of God. Verse of the day is coming from Revelation 21, 22 through 27. Again, very lengthy. Hold on, I just want to read something. Jeremy's perspective on salvation and his experience of transformation makes the word brought to life. Sharing his trials has brought energy to the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for saying that. Thank you very much for saying that. Revelation 21, 22 through 27. And remember... Remember, ladies and gentlemen, the title of the day's show is, Is Your Name in the Book of the Lamb? And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need for sun, no need for moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. That gives you a little insight as to what the new heaven and the new earth will be once once you get there. The city will look like it's made of see-through glass. It'll have the highest walls, the most glorious place you'll ever, ever imagine. 
and there's no night there. It's always day. And there's no need for a temple like there was in Jerusalem because the temple is God and the lamp is the lamb. Unbelievable. Just remember, ladies and gentlemen, nothing detestable or false will get there. So that is going to do it. We will get into that verse a little bit more at the 11 o'clock hour. Ladies and gentlemen, next up is Loud Majority, Kevin Smith and Sean Farish. I urge you to watch their show, rumble their show, rumble this show on your way out. We have almost 1,000 people watching, which is what we wanted. But we don't have 500 rumbles yet. Let's get there today. I love all of you. I thank all of you for being here. And just like every show that we start, I am going to leave you with the same song that we started, and that is I Raise a Hallelujah. I love each and every one of you. Again, Loud Majority coming up next. God bless you. I love you. Have yourselves a great morning. I'll see you at 11 o'clock. Have a great morning. Peace out. Belief stood in front of me. And I just thought Jackson's going to die tonight. We're not going to see the miracle. And as this giant stood in front of me, all of a sudden, out of my gut, this song started coming out right in the face of the giant. giant was looking at us I knew he was going to regret the day he ever pointed his sword at Jackson just as Goliath pointed his sword at David the sword Goliath rising for his life so I want to teach it to you this morning let's sing